on the other line in a faraway land that's really only like 15 miles from me over in Richmond, Texas. My <laughs> illustrious, sage, and wise co-host, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Eric, Eric Kelly. <laughs> Eric Kelly hanging out over here with you, man. How are you today? I'm good, man. Today's topic is how to deal with difficult bosses. Yes, and stay out of the penitentiary while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. We don't need people going postal. And no, no. And you it re- need to be okay. Yeah, and it really doesn't matter like what industry you're in. I think everybody has had at least one experience Absolutely. with a bad boss. You know, a difficult Absolutely. boss. It, it's people, man. It's just the way people are. Right. So uh, I wanted to start a new segment called Story Time, and Story Time is just the way that you know we're gonna if if we have a story. That'll kind of tie into our topic. It'll just be a way to kind of help set the tone a little bit. And I actually do have a story today. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my difficult boss story. And no, it's not a story about any any current manager, supervisor that I have at this particular time. So, so if you're listening, it's not about you. It's not about you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's actually from about my, my fourth year out of college in, in the fourth year into my career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was still, still a young accountant. I remember the the boss that I had, she was a, she was a micromanager. And the way that I mm-hmm. work, I just, I do not like micromanagers. Mm-hmm. And I recall having a situation where, you know, she would give me a project on a Monday. And I would say, okay, cool. Like, how, how should I prioritize this? Is this something that you do tomorrow? Is this something that's due next week? And she'd be like, um, you know, it's it's due in about 10 days. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, that said, I don't have to start on it right this second. I can kind of prioritize it with my other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, lo and behold, on Tuesday, after the Monday she gave me the project, she's asking for a status update. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't started, started the project yet. And then the next thing you know, that turns into a conversation about, you know, how I'm prioritizing my time and I should have started on mm. it right away. And so you imagine that this happens frequently. And when I say frequently, at least, you know, once or twice a month, whether it's a special project, whether it's just the normal monthly activities and responsibilities that I would have. And it just always seemed to be a lack of trust in her employees. Well, mm-hmm. this one particular situation happens where I I pretty much stepped out of bounds. I, I just got tired of it one day. We're sitting in a meeting, and she says, hey, I, I want you guys to do this particular activity, this particular task, and I want it done um, in the next couple of days. Well, the task took two days to do, and on top of that, we weren't scheduled to turn that thing in to the higher ups for another 10 days. And so I stepped up and said, I I don't think that that's the best use of our time with the tight deadlines that we currently have. And, Mm. uh, you know, and and I I spoke up in a meeting, I called myself defending myself and my, my, my fellow employees, my peers. And, um, you know, lo and behold, the meeting was over. She asked me to stay behind and she attempted to, you know, kind of put me in my place. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, th- th- that's my story in terms of my difficult boss situation. But again, it's but, one you of still, those- but you still you stayed employed. 
Oh, of course. I stayed employed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's good. Yeah. That's, that's how we want it to end. Because yeah. because there were there was no denying the the quality of my work, but it was just the awesome. man, the management styles. Yeah, right? yeah. And you're gonna run into that, man. There are people that uh, their style is just like it just grates on you. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Right. Uh, I got one for you. Go. Story. Mm-hmm. Many, 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 many years ago, I spent a brief time in a sales organization as a sales manager, had a team doing really well, had a boss that when the quota was close, would just go completely off. Mm. Just, we're almost there. Nobody can do this. Nobody can go home to whatever. And it was just constant pressure, pressure to the point where, you know, I started feeling like physically I hated walking in the room, you know, and the team that I had, they hated listening to the to the voice. And so I'll never forget one Friday I had enough. Now, I did have another job on tap. I got up and walked out of the room. Mm. And that was the last that I had anything to do with that person. I didn't quit. I didn't call. I walked out and went home. Several years later, Mm -hmm. ran into this person. And they admitted that they were a flaming one of those. <laughs> and they apologized. We were at the mall. Right. And I, I looked at them and I said, now, you know, here they are walking over to me. They're smiling. So I'm at least going to be cordial. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they said was, I want to apologize for four or five years ago being such a flaming. And I graciously, I said, apology accepted. The cool thing is that we're cool friends now. Mm-hmm. And that was a block out of time. But the management style was screaming and shrill and on edge and agitating and pushing and putting people down. And and there's only a there's a point at which you do really have to look at do I need to stay here? Wow. And that's real. So in that situation, like this this is a slight tangent, but like you said, you you got to the point where you couldn't take it anymore and you you left. Absolutely. How? Absolutely. How? I mean, would you like now being no. past that situation? Yeah, you know where I'm going. <laughs> no, no. Would I do that? Absolutely not. Because that has that has to do with the amount of peanut butter and jelly that I can buy in a couple of weeks. And I don't care how much you saved up. Mm-hmm. There's a point at which you don't need to cut your own throat because right. you're at where it's in. Right. Yeah. I think where I'm at now, I would have strategized much earlier on how do I get connected to this person? Because we weren't actually mortal enemies. It was just, I couldn't take that voice and the shrill term tone. I think now I would have taken much more time to get into their head, to figure what they were thinking about, and then develop some strategy on how to manage them. Gotcha. So three ways, three ways that you can deal with your difficult boss situation. And it's not necessarily here are three tips, but you know, well, in a sense, it is. It, it, it's a way to um, help you manage it mentally and practically. Yeah, that's the hardest part, the mental part. Right. Number one, don't go to war with your boss. Mm. Break that down for me. They live upstream. They live in the apartment above you. They live on the mountain uh, Above you, I had a boss one time tell me something. I'm, I have to clean it up so I can share it with you. <laughs> he said, "Son, you know that stuff that rolls downhill." And I said, "Yes, sir." 
He said, well, it pulls right where you're standing. He wanted to let me know that if anything happened, it wouldn't be happening to him because he was uphill. It was going to happen to me downhill. And that was kind of a power move. He was getting his bluff in early, and I understood where it was. But they really are in a higher position. Now, let me give you just a practical piece of that. There was a young lady who had a boss that she felt was very difficult. And her dad and I, another professional, we were sitting, it was after dinner, and we were sitting talking, and she said, I'm going to go to my boss's boss and tell him what a total jerk this person is. And all of us on my level feel the same way. So, of course, both of us being old heads said, no, don't do that. And she said, why? We said, who do you think hired him and putting him in that spot? Mm. Mm. She she disregarded our advice. And uh, three months later, she was looking for a job. Wow. Yeah. The person, your boss that you don't like was put there or allowed to stay there by their boss and in order for you to make any serious moves as far as trying to get rid of them you need to know what that link is because uh, if you try to go to war with them you might be killing yourself i mean and that that makes total sense because uh, hey management is is most managers well first of all let me back up and say let me not even pick on the managers every human being has an ego Okay. Yes. Yes. It's funny because this is something I said while while on a recent trip. I was just kind of thinking and and philosophizing, although that's not a word. I was philosophizing in my head and I was just thinking about humility and what humility really is in terms of the the grand human, uh, the grand human experiment. Right. Right. Every human being has an ego. Yes. The ones who are humble have figured out how to keep that ego in check. Yes. All right. And so when it comes to management, speaking exa- uh, you know, directly to the situation you were just talking about with that young lady, yeah, she didn't realize that that manager that she was, you know, her boss's boss that she was about to go and, 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 and tell about her boss, she didn't realize that, yeah, that he has an ego. He or she has an ego. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and that yes. that ego is getting kicked in the gut when you go and say, hey, this person that you put over us, he's horrible. Absolutely. Uh, so now you're questioning their decision making? Yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And 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 it was it, it was kind of it was someone that was new, very bright, very educated, very articulate, but kind of young in the ways of dealing. Uh, not terribly experienced in the ways of dealing in the workplace. And, uh, and some lessons you learn the hard way. I'm sorry. Some There's some, after you get beat up, you go, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, and i tell you what I've learned just from, you know, speaking to you for, for the last few years is, you know, the the unspoken rules of how we interact with humans and each other outside of the workplace don't always apply inside the workplace. So oh, no. if... If someone offends me in the street, hey, I I, I can go toe to toe with you. Absolutely. If someone offends me in the office, I need to really take a step back and think: is this is this the time for me to be confrontational? Is this the time for me to just just, just kind of eat it, no matter what's happening, and kind of reassess yes. and, and and go about things a different way? The, the the modern workplace is 
is built on a military model. Your general is the CEO. The the colonels are the VPs. The directors are the majors. Uh, the managers, you know, are the sergeants or so. And depending on where you are, you're in that hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, in the military, uh, unlike the uh, private workplace that we work in, uh, you can't talk back at all. This is true. That's subject. That's subject to a court martial. This is true. Um, in our world, it is very similar, except it doesn't look as concrete as it does in the military ranks. So if you walk into a meeting and you you give uh, the boss a, a run for their money, well, in the military they could uh, basically you know bring you up on charges. Um, this person here will emotionally bring you up on charges, but there will be retribution for damaging their ego in a meeting. Yeah. So that's the real world. That's the world we live in. Yeah. So yeah, don't go to war. Don't go to war with them. No. And like I said, and, and that that kind of speaks to what happened in, in my earlier story. Um, it it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of hot for me for a little while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> until I until I was yeah. able to do something that you know kind of put a smile on her face and kind of stroked her ego, and then we had right. one of the best relationships right. um, amongst any of her employees until you know I moved to Houston. Yeah. Point number two, understand that bosses are human just like you are. Excellent. That's it. Same feelings, same desires, same challenges, same family issues, same same things you go through, the boss goes through. Right. Same fears, same, same things, fears, you know, same things that, that typically drive us. And I, and I, th- I think that that's a that's a. I think that's one of the more powerful points to understand because sometimes I think we get so caught up in the organizational structure and the hierarchy at work that we often dehumanize positions. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. We get caught yeah. up in people's positions and we forget that they're just humans. You know what I mean? I'll give you an exercise anybody listening can do. Mm-hmm. It happens in every meeting. Okay. We'll go to a meeting. And there'll be maybe a VP, a couple of directors, some managers or whatever. And let one of the executive vice presidents walk in. Now, all of us have been talking. As soon as the executive VP starts talking, people pull out their pens and start writing down what he said. He could be dumb as a box of bricks. <laughs> but his title says he's an exec VP, so he outranks everybody in that room. Right. And people will write down what he or she said. They'll write it down as if it has more more weight, as if it it means something uh, 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 more than what anybody else has said. He may simply restate what everybody else has said. Right. But because of that position, we'll give it more credence. And it could be just as stupid as anything. However, because we we kind of worship the levels at work, Oh, Mr. So-and-so said that. And they, they got quotes from this guy. And I've heard quotes from executives. They, they're not even on nursery rhyme level. And people have written them all over their, their planners. And, you know, they got little stuff on their walls. There's nothing deep, no substance. But the person that has the position at their job said it. So what happens is because we live in that world where we give more credit there, sometimes we don't give them credit for normal emotions. Right. They have 
relationships, good or bad at home. They've got children issues, good or bad at home. Uh, there's a men and a women's bathroom uh, at work because biologically they are the same. Uh, <laughs> hey, they have to do the same thing everybody else does. And we forget it when they walk in. Oh, here's Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so. And they're just a regular human. They might be smart. They might, uh, they've obviously accomplished something, but let's not treat them as if they, they were deity. Yeah, and it's funny because that that's also a topic for another one of our shows, but, you know, just it's, it's similar to how we do the entertainment culture and, you know, even the... Oh, yeah. The, you know, right. the, the 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 monarchs and, and all of that from, yes. from the days of yes. old, right? Um, man, I... I think I think this this that point is probably going to be my favorite point of the episode because I'm I'm big on uh, trying my best to you know kind of continue to humanize the, those around me and yes. even when I feel like judging my bosses or judging my peers for either their mistakes or their 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 quality of work or just the decisions that they make. Sometimes I, I've been I've been really having to check myself lately and just be like, you know what? What is that person dealing with? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, what may or may not be happening um, at home? What may or may not be happening in their career here at work that's causing them to kind of come in with the attitude they have or treat people the way they treat people and things like that. And it, it, it's helped me, um, kind of, you know, treat them and react to them uh, a different way and, you know, to positive outcomes in those relationships with them. Absolutely. Well, and, and you, you, you just hit it. You cannot have a relationship with somebody that you deify mm. and that's at home, mm. that's at work, that's anywhere. In order to have a relationship, there's a give and take, and we're all humans. And by the way, that other person craves a relationship also. Right. Your boss craves a relationship because that's how humans are built to, 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 uh, to do. So when the boss walks in and everybody genuflects and goes, oh, Mr. So-and-so, and they bow down, that feels good to one part of their ego. But they also like a quiet cup of coffee or hot chocolate or tea and a conversation where there's an exchange of ideas that's as gratifying to them as the other yeah uh, even if they are egotistical people want to feel connected right and if we worship them we can't have a good solid give and take relationship with them i think that's a good segue when, you, when you're using you know deifying and worshiping because the third point is understand that the boss is not god not at all. They, they, the power over their life. Now, he, he, this is really raw. The power over your life ends if you get up and walk out of that building and never come back. True. So that helps you understand the scope of their power. If you decide, I don't want to be here anymore, and you leave, that person has not one bit of power over you. Okay, now now let's put that into some real. Uh, let's just be real. Let's just mm-hmm. be absolutely real. Let's put this into some practical, some practical terms here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I'm working for this company. Mm-hmm. Whether whether I'm I'm super talented, whether I'm mildly talented or not, I have this job. It's mm-hmm. currently taking care of my 
my responsibilities, whether I have a family or not. Absolutely. Depending on where I live, my opportunities could be limited. This might be mm-hmm. the best thing I have. Mm-hmm. But this boss is just making every day that I come in here a living hell. Mm-hmm. And I want to leave. But there is no way that I can walk out of this door and feel confident that I'm going to be able to support myself or my family. Okay? No. Right? No. So Absolutely. In that sense, oftentimes people stay because this is this is the only that may be the only option that they feel like they have. So what do you tell that person? Build a plan. And there are a couple of things that happens. We do not feel as victimized when we have a plan. We feel very victimized if we have no idea where uh, where we're going to go, what's going to happen. I might as well stay here because there's no way out. I'll give you a story from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call him Benny. Benny beat me up one day because Benny was way bigger. Mm-hmm. But I lived on the east side of Detroit, so I had some role models that taught me a couple of things. <laughs> so one day... Uh, Benny beat me up and he would just make fun of me. I'd come down, I would walk down the block, and I would make fun of my head, my clothes, or whatever. In the back of my mind, I said, one day, I'm going to clock Benny good. Mm-hmm. So there was a house being torn down and I remember getting a brick and hiding behind a tree. Mm-hmm. And I waited for Benny to go by. I clocked the mess out of Benny. Benny ran home crying head all swole. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good Christian behavior uh, that you should deal with the problem. But here's here's the lesson from that. All while he was picking on me, my brain said, one day I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a plan. I see them bricks over there. I'm going to find out what street you walk down. You got to come by my house again. You're going to pick on me some more. I put all the variables into some soup. Right. And said, what's my plan? And those days that he was picking on me, I did not feel nearly as victimized as I built my plan. Now, let's go to work. I work for somebody who has lost their mind Mm -hmm. and my life is miserable. Well, I need a plan. Am I going to move out? Am I going to look for another job? Am I going to get a side hustle, uh, which brings me enough uh, income in where if the worst came to worst, I wouldn't be homeless and destitute. What's going to be my plan? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people will give in to laziness. And I say laziness only to challenge because many of the people that are listening to this have talents and abilities that far surpass the little pigeonholes that bosses are trying to put them in. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to work and that's the only time you let your creativity out, that's the only time you let your your ability to build things out, your talents. So you basically are cutting off all the other gifts and talents and skills and abilities to fit in this pigeonhole to work for this miserable person. Mm. Develop yourself, blow up to whatever you need to be and whatever gifts and talents that you've been blessed to have. And you will find out a couple of things. First of all, you'll find out that you're not as big a victim as you might be feeling because there's a whole different way you feel when you know, uh, I could go someplace else. Right. Uh, I might be in a small town. I might believe this is the only money I could make. Do I have other resumes out there? Do, uh, do I have active people looking for me? Do I have 
uh, uh, some type of plan or, or scheme uh, to do better, to make more, to grow, develop, maybe to get out. Um, that's way better than just sitting there and going, I'm a victim. I hate my boss. Uh, my boss is a jerk, which is all could be very, very true. Right. But I just, when somebody sits and accepts that, that's like just accepting a slow death. Man. Dude, I just learned something else. <laughs> What's that? What'd you, what'd you get? What'd you get? I mean, just, just, just that whole thing. It's like, you yeah. know, the, the way to deal with a difficult situation is to always have a backup plan and an exit strategy. Scheme always, you know. So, so I tell you what, let let's spin that into point number four. Bonus yeah. for, for for the listeners, have an yes. exit, have an exit strategy. Whatever, oh, absolutely. You know, whatever absolutely. whatever your talents and gifts are, um, have confidence in those and know that you know there are always opportunities, um, other than just sitting there and being complacent and just taking the abuse. Absolutely. In fact, if my if my boss is going off on me, and I realize this may be it, yeah, I, I tighten my belt for three or four months. I'm putting extra cash away, right? Because uh, it may I may have to snap, right. you know. And I don't snap and go out and not have any funds in the bank. That's not right. a, that's not a wise point. Right. But you know, uh, I met a guy. He's he said he had six months' salary mm-hmm. in the bank. Mm. And well, I said, what is that? And I'll clean it up. He said, it is, it's called his up yours fund. <laughs> and you can imagine how far that went. And he said, because at any time in my life, right. I want to feel comfortable. Right. Now, I will tell you, he told me, he says, I really don't feel a lot of stress. Because mm-hmm. what we take off of that boss is oh, because man. I got to pay this house note, car Ooh. note, school note, clothes, food. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. what the boss said. Now, yeah. now here's the here's the crazy thing. So, um, Dave Ramsey is, is is one of the people that I I take a lot of financial advice from. Awesome, awesome and, guy. You know, one of the things that he's big on in his baby steps is making sure you have three to six months of expenses saved up just in case. Absolutely. That, that I call it. I call it the Hulk emergency fund. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is something that you know. In one of these bonus episodes, I'll I'll kind of bullet point my 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 budgeting and cash management and and money and and personal finance philosophies or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, the baby emergency fund is I you know we put away a thousand for small emergencies, mm-hmm. and then the Hulk emergency fund is three to six months of expenses, and it's something mm-hmm. that you know I'm currently working on. But like that is I never thought about it in the sense of. Have, I've always thought about it in the sense of having it in case I lose my job, right. not, not having it as my safety net to like just give myself flexibility. Like if I'm in a difficult uh, situation to be able to get away. Right. That is right. that is dope. We we go to work to provide for our families to do well, to make sure that we can provide the adequate creature comforts, you know, to be able to take care of our families. However, when we are overextended, we add to the stress of having a crazy boss to the point, this isn't going to sound good, it's a bit raw, it's basically slavery. Wow. We're working because we have to. And because we have to, we have to put up with whatever the overseer says. So I am a big proponent of bringing it down a notch, Mm -hmm. not flashing all the cash, 
having something where when I go to sleep at night, uh, I realize that if worse came to worse tomorrow, my family would still be able to eat for a while while I try to figure it out. Gotcha. Yeah, we, we, we cannot allow ourselves to be to be put in the position where we feel like little automatons and robots and slaves. That's the worst way to live your life. Man, brother, as always, <laughs> another very insightful uh, episode, man. I, I, like I said, I love it when I come to the episode and I walk away, which is pretty much every time we do an episode, I walk away awesome. feeling like, you know, I've picked up some some additional knowledge to kind of take back into my everyday life. So this awesome. is awesome, man. Awesome. awesome. So quick, well, quick recap, uh, quick recap yes. before, before I let you finish up. So quick recap, how to deal with difficult bosses. Number one, don't go to war with them. Choose your battles, no. you know, figure out. Uh, you know, like make sure you you, you learn that uh, or understand that everybody has an ego, especially mm. your, especially your bosses. Uh, number, yes. number two, understand that they are just human. They are absolutely yes. human, just like you. Number three, definitely understand that your boss is not God. And number four, which is I think number two just got bumped as my as my favorite, <laughs> my favorite point. But number four when it says always, always, always have an exit strategy and protect yourself so that you can give yourself options to be able to get Absolutely. out of an abusive situation. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to take credit for all the things that I've shared, but. The only reason I can know them is because I've been dumb enough to do them. <laughs> uh, Zig Ziglar said, wisdom comes from experience, most of it bad. So if you see somebody who's like, man, that's a wise dude, that means he has nicks and cuts all over his body from bumping into furniture and sharp things. So I love these podcasts because it allows folks that are listening, maybe not to go down the same alley, Right. and run into the same trash can that we ran into. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be able to share experiences. Mm-hmm.